Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. About identity theft. Anyone had their identity stolen? No? Okay. Sweet. (laughs) Anyone had anything stolen, like credit cards, scammed, anything like that? Yeah, yeah, okay, here we go. Now 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 the hands get thrown up in the air. You know, identity, identity theft happens all over the world every single day. And uh, it's when people gain information or access to your information and start to do things under your name. They buy things you wouldn't usually buy, create social media accounts, and they just do things that you wouldn't necessarily usually do. And they, you know, open up credit cards and spend your money and, and do stuff because they have your identity. And they actually have them permission to go and do whatever they want with your identity. I just did some stats. Uh, In 2019, according to a fraud study um, and research, the number of customers who were victim to identity fraud, listen to this, fell to 14.4 million in 2018, down from 16.7 million in 2017. This thing is incredible insane it's crazy the amount of identity theft that's happening in the world and the the money the losses which people actually lost because of this identity fraud fell again from 14.7 billion dollars which was down from 16.8 billion dollars in 2017 that's a lucrative business (laughs) that is insane and the reason I'm telling you that, just not for fun facts, um, I'm going to be talking about identity today. And I'm going to, I don't want to encourage us in where is your identity or what is your identity in? You know, working as a youth pastor for, I think it's over 10, 10 years, I think it is now, I've been youth pastor officially of this church. That, you know, the time and time and time again, you see young people and students get robbed of who they are and what God has for their life Every single time, the thing that takes, I believe, a young person out is when their identity gets confused with. It's when someone says something or a lie comes in and they, and they actually forget or they get told a lie about who they actually are and they start to live away according to that lie. And our identity is the number one thing, I believe, that the enemy wants to attack if he can get our identity, if he can start to make us believe lies, start to make us believe that, you know, lies about who we actually are, we're going to start to act in ways which we never should be acting. You know, the only way that the, the devil can defeat us, I suppose, or, or, or cause us to, to, to act in certain ways is when we start to believe a lie. We know that. We know that when we start believing lies, we start thinking, you know, the way we shouldn't be thinking. We start acting in ways we shouldn't be acting. You know, this is where the enemy gets a, gets a foothold in our life. And, you know, this is his aim in life is to just distract us, to, to just take us that tiny bit off course so that we, you know, start to live lives that we're never meant to live, start doing things that we're never meant to do. 
But it's funny that what's interesting is the space that he attacks. And it's the most damaging to someone is who you really are. Who you really are is the space that the enemy wants to attack. Who you really are is, is, is what the devil wants to speak to. Because there's so many truths in the Bible about who you actually are. Because when we actually know who we are, it's amazing how we live. When we understand who I actually am, how I'm actually going to live is going to be completely different. But on the flip side, if we start to believe lies about who I actually am, what starts happening is that we start to believe the lie about who I actually am, which isn't actually who I actually am, which causes me to live and act and think in ways that we wouldn't usually do. You know, we often define identity, ourselves and others, by what we do <laughs> or what someone else does. That we, we, we say, I am this. I am a pastor. I am a teacher. I am this. And we start to create our identity around what we do. But I believe this is backwards thinking. That we do what we do because of who we are. Not who we are determines what we're doing. I want to get into this a little bit right now. Knowing who you really are will determine what you do. Knowing you are God's son or daughter, number one, is the greatest source of living in this freedom in Christ. That when we actually understand that I'm a daughter, I am a son of the living God that has created me, that's placed me here on this earth for a reason, for a purpose, and, do, and what I'm doing has no, has no um, hold or no weight on who I actually am. That what I'm doing in my life does not determine one little bit of who Chris Klum actually is. Who Chris Klum actually is determines what I'm actually doing with my life. Understanding that I am a child of God, that I have been created by God, and this thought, I just get blown away every single time that I think about me being on this earth. Let's just pause for a second and think about you personally being here. It's crazy. I was a PE teacher for seven years. I can tell you all about it, how it happened. This is youth, right? Mum and dad came home. Dad saw mum. Hubba dubba ding ding. Look at the legs on that little thing. <laughs> Magic happens. And you start to be created. You know, well, God already knew you before <laughs> you're in your mother's womb. But he chose you. <laughs> he chose you to be here to be in relationship with him. <laughs> wow. That is massive. And how often we think, well, the, you know, there's seven billion other people, so it's not that important. You're one of them. <laughs> you get to be one of these people that exist to be in relationship with your creator. John 1.12, it says, But to all who believe in him and accept him, have, 
he, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or, or plan, but a birth that comes from God. This is amazing that when we can get our heads around, God first created you. If you can just leave the service this morning having a greater understanding that you have been created and that God loves you and you're here on this earth to have an amazing relationship with him, I'm super stoked and we're happy and then, you know, we can continue to come back. But if we can keep getting back to that place that who I am has no value on what I do. What I do is a byproduct. It's because I've been created. What you do is a byproduct because of who you are. And a lot of the time, what you do is a byproduct of who, who you believe you actually are. And this morning, I'm just trying to encourage us and, and challenge us, I suppose, that the devil's aim in his scheme is to get you to ask this question all the time. Who am I? Who am I? And as I, as I was saying, I want to encourage us today not to worry too much about what you are going to do with your lives as much dream about who you're going to be. That if we focus so much about what I'm going to do, 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 we start getting disappointed. We start, you know, getting, um, you know, distracted by things maybe we shouldn't be focusing off. And we get so focused on what I'm actually going to do in life, we forget about who I actually am. And I think that if we can start to focus on who I actually am, not what I'm going to do, and when I can start focusing on I'm going to be a person who acts with integrity. That's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a person who works hard. I'm going to be a person who is devoted to forgiveness. I'm going to be a person who is kind. I'm going to be a person who gives 100%. A person who lives like this will have no problem being led on the course that God has for them because they're living out of a place of who they are and who they're going to be, not about what they're doing. Because when we lose our identity, we go cray-cray. And I'm going to show you this this morning, by the way. I want to have a look at King Saul for a second. And show us a few things about what happens when we lose our identity. You know, King Saul was Israel's first king. This guy had everything. This guy was rich. He was handsome. He was tall. The Bible actually said he was a head taller than everyone else. Like, he was tall. He could just see over everyone. He was Jack, yeah. Which is funny. Shouldn't have he been the guy that gone and fought Goliath because he was the tall one? Like, he was the guy that would have... Anyway, another message there. He was a fast runner. He was a strong man. These are the things that the Bible tells us about King Saul. This guy was like the best of the best. Everyone would have looked up to him because he was tall. But he was also handsome. <laughs> I look up to everyone. <laughs> Except for mum and, and Aaliyah. But this guy had everything. 
But what happened was he went absolutely crazy when he forgot who he was. You know, this guy was the king. This guy could have done anything. And he did do a lot of things. But this guy, as the king, forgot who he actually was and started to believe these lies. He lost his identity. And I want to have a look at three things this morning that happens when we lose our identity or when we start to maybe put our identity in things that it should never have been in, that when we start putting who I am is you know, being valued by what I'm doing into my job or into, into who I'm with or, you know, my gifts or my talents or anything like that. When we start to place who I am in anything other than the one who has created us, you're gonna get disappointed because there's always going to be someone out there that's better than you. I learned that really quickly <laughs> growing up. I do still hold records um, in Eskol Park in 1994 for the 70 meters and the 200 meters. They're still there. I still think maybe, I don't know. Mum could have been timing that day. <laughs> and maybe, maybe she just touched it a little bit early before I got over the line just to help me get that record. But hey, look, they still stand for, yeah, thank you. How many years is that? 94. None of you guys were even alive when I broke that record. (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) Done, Andy. But what I'm trying to say this morning is that if we ever start putting our identity in what we're doing, you've lost right there and then. Your achievements, if you start putting your identity in your achievements, you, you're going to lose because the enemy is going to get in there and start telling you lies. If you start putting you know, your, your identity in what you have, for example, your, your, um, the house or the car or the wage that you make, you're never going to have enough. I'm just going to throw it out there. That's what, that's what the lust of this world is, that we just want more of it. But this guy saw, started to do things and believe things and act in ways that made him disobey God, become ineffective and ended up killing himself when he forgot who he actually was. And the first thing that happens when we lose our identity is we start to compare with everyone else. Comparison, um, I think there's a screen up there for that. Comparison is one of the worst things I think that we can, we can do, but also one of the biggest things that's happening more and more and more and more in the world today because of social media. That it used to just be keeping up with the Joneses that lived on your street. Maybe keeping up with the Joneses that maybe lived in the street away from you. But now it's keeping up with every single person on planet Earth because every single person on planet Earth can put anything they want up on social media at any second to make me think what I have isn't good enough. And look what happens here in this story. It's just after David goes out and, you know, he, he, he kills Goliath and then, you know, he starts to get some wins under his belt. And when the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns, I reckon 
I won't go there. Women from all the towns of Israel came out and met King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. When King Saul heard this, this made Saul very angry. What's this? He said. They credit David with tens of thousands and me with only thousands? Next, I'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. You know, Saul was the king. He didn't even have to prove himself. He was the king. He already already won. He's sitting in the seat. He had the sword. He's won. I'm the king. Well done, David. Thank you so much for making me look amazing. Thank you so much for, you know, helping, you know, our, our, our nation continue to be out of slavery from the Philistines. No, 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 no. What happened? He started to compare himself to a boy. He started to compare himself to this kid. And what happened was he got jealous. And when we start to look at other people and be jealous of who they are or what they have, we might start to think we should be doing something different and we start to act differently. And all this does is make us ineffective in who God has actually called us to be. You know, there's only one you. God created you for a reason, okay? He didn't create you to be the person next to you. He didn't create you to be anyone else. Getting back to this understanding of God created and you're here on this earth for a reason because he wants you here means that he made you for a reason. He didn't make you to be anyone else. He didn't make you to be the person down the street. He didn't make you to be your next door neighbor or you to be your best friend or you to be your sister or or you to be your brother or you to be anyone else. He just created you to be you. And when we actually come to an understanding of who you are, you're going to be effective being you. But while we're always trying to be someone else, we're never going to be effective being me. You're always going to be trying to be someone else and it looks weird. (laughs) Seriously, it does. When you try to be someone you're not meant to be, it just doesn't fit. And it looks weird and we do things and say stuff that we never would have said and we try to act cool and I've been through this so many times. And we just do dumb stuff when we're not being when you're not being you. Because what happens is you just start to become an imitation of what someone else is doing and the gifts and the talents and the plan and the purpose that God has for you just sits there in the waiting until we can get to the place which we're talking about today to stop believing the lies, to stop comparing to stop doing all these things, and you actually start to become confident in you. You know, we need you. This church needs you to be you because God's placed you in this church for a reason to do something great, to reach people that I could never reach, to talk to people that I could never get into that circle to talk to, to love people that I'm never going to have an opportunity to love. And when we have a confidence in who I am, it's amazing how attractive that is to the world. 
comparison. It's a, it's a terrible thing. I preached the message a few years ago about comparison, killing your calling. Because you start living someone else's. <laughs> and the thing that God created you for never happened. Be confident in who you are. Be confident in who God created you to be. And you might be asking, well, Chris, how do I find that out? Stop trying to be anyone else. <laughs> Look inside, what are you passionate about? What would you do and wake up every day for and not get paid to do? It's a good, way, good place to start. If you would wake up every day and do this thing and not get paid for it, that's a great place to start about a passion that God's placed inside of you. What lights you up on the inside? What is it that lights you up on the inside that goes, yeah, I want more of that? The reason why I turn up to youth ministry for 17 years is because it lights me up on the inside. There's no way I'd be in this room if it didn't. <laughs> I'll be a blubbering mess in the corner. I usually am, but no, I'll... I'll <laughs> but the reason why I turn up every single week is because I would do it if I got paid or not because, you know what, I did do it before I got paid <laughs> for years and years and years. Because God has placed a passion in me for young people. He's broken my heart. I was intentional to get into a place where God talked to me and he broke my heart for a generation. So that's what I do now. Until God, I get into another place and God breaks my heart for something new, I'm going to continue to keep doing and turning up week in and week out and sowing into young people's lives. There's four people in this room. There's one person in this room or 500 people in this room. I'm going to continue to do it because this is what God has called me to do has no value on how many people are in this room. I played that game week after week after week. And you go on Instagram after youth ministry and go, I didn't get as many kids as them because they took this amazing photo from the corner and blacked out all the sides and, you know, put up on their highlight reel. I'm like, I'm no good. I played that game for years. And it just takes your joy. It just takes, you know, it takes what God's actually doing and turns it into, well, it's not that much. Have a look what God is doing in, in, in this church through our youth ministry. It's amazing. You know, there's new kids at church here for the first time. That's amazing. Give them a round of applause. That's worth it. <laughs> because the numbers and the size, it, it, it really doesn't matter. I do it because I know what I'm meant to be doing because of who God's created me to be. The second thing that happened, and I think that we do when we start to lose our identity is we start to get a victim mentality. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Big ones, small ones, fat ones, short ones, ones that wiggle and worm. Bite their heads off, suck their guts out, throw their skins away. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm just going to go eat worms. How... That's not out of the Bible, by the way. Uh, that's, that's, that's a song. But let's, let's see what happened to Saul. What happened was he started to, to run after David and try to kill David. And David's running away and, and you know, trying to hide from, hide from Saul. And Saul's just getting more, more cray-cray day after day after day, just trying to catch this guy. And, you know, David goes to these... To these um, to these priests and um, goes to this town, actually goes to these priests and then they help him and then basically he goes to this town, Saul goes to this town and someone goes out and says, hey, 
he went that way and basically just said, oh, Saul, you know, I'm here for you. Please don't kill me. Basically, everyone's scared of this guy. Please don't kill me. And he says this, Lord bless you, Saul said. At least someone is concerned about me. (laughs) At least someone cares about me. Come on, who's ever been there? (laughs) When we forget about who we actually are, that I am a son of God, that he has created me, that he has created you, and we forget this truth and we forget that I'm on this earth to do something amazing, that I'm amazing and there's enough amazingness in this room for you to be amazing too, okay? I'm allowed to be amazing and you're allowed to be amazing as well, all righty? It's not like this pie mentality of amazingness that goes around that only certain people in this world are allowed to be amazing. You exist, which equals you are amazing. Okay? You exist. You are amazing because you won the race. I'll tell you later. When we lose our identity, we start to become a victim and we start to use statements like, everyone is saying, I want to meet everyone one day. I really do. I really want to meet everyone one day because I feel everyone is usually three people that I don't really uh, care what they think anyway. But everyone's saying it. And we start to get to this place where everyone's saying this and everyone's doing that and everyone. And we start to lose our identity. We lose who we actually are and the plan that God has for you because we're worrying so much about what everyone is doing. You know, we start to um, use statements like, nobody understands. (laughs) I want to meet this nobody. (laughs) He supposedly does understand, right? Because nobody understands. It's a dad joke. But nobody understands. Nobody understands what I'm going through. I'm not saying that when you get to this place, it's not true for you. Because I'm sure it is. You know, we get places in life that suck and it's terrible and we're going through trauma and we're going through stuff in life. And the nobody understands mindset is true for you. I get it. I'm not saying it's a lie. But I'm just telling you it's not true. (laughs) Well, it is a lie. I'm not telling you that it doesn't mean something to you right now because it does mean something to you right now. But I'm just letting you know it's not true. God understands. God understands. Maybe no one in your life understands or you don't feel like anyone in your life understands what you're going through. But I want to tell you that's nothing that you are going through that God has not been through. Because he sent his son to earth to die. His son went to hell that has every single sin, every single situation that you ever could have gone through. And he came back through hell with the keys and said, hey, I am victorious now and I understand what you're going through because I've been through it myself. We can't go lower than he's ever been. He understands and he's there for you and he wants to help you. You know, it's pointless This is useless. It's always going to be like this. When we lose our identity, we start to become a victim. And I want to tell you, church, that my word says in, I think it's 1 Corinthians, that we are victorious. (laughs) We are victorious that we have been bought with a price. (laughs) 
that God died, Jesus died on that cross for our sins so that we can be victorious in anything, any situation that we ever are going to go through. He loves you. And I'm not saying that you don't feel that way because your feelings are real and they matter. I just want to tell you a truth today that you're believing a lie. The last thing that happens, or another thing, I'm not saying it comes in any order, but another thing that happens is these lies that we believe day in and day out. And this is the place where the devil wants to just have a party, is in our mind. And it's the way we think, and it's what we believe, and it's what we say day in day out, moment in, moment out. And these lies that we just start to think that are true because we've said it so many times. We'll keep reading this story. Why have, so this is when he was talking, um, Saul's talking to the priests that, that um, David went to see. Saul ended up killing them all. Cray cray. If you read 1 and 2 Samuel, like Saul went mad, like proper mad. It's, it's an amazing read. He says this, Why have you and the son of Jesse, this is David, conspired against me, Saul demanded. Why did you give him food and a sword? Because they gave him Goliath's sword. Why have you consulted God for him? Why have you encouraged him, listen to this, why have you encouraged him to kill me as he is trying to do this very day? You know, that was the exact opposite of what David was actually trying to do. (laughs) The exact opposite of what David was doing. David had opportunities to kill Saul, but it was a thing that he didn't want to do. But Saul's believing this lie that, well, all David's trying to do is kill me. All David's trying to do is take me out. All David's trying to do is he just wants to be king because he's anointed. And all he's trying to do is kick me off the throne. And all this guy's trying to do is make me look bad. Where David was actually doing the opposite. The absolute opposite, that he was trying to honor the king. He was trying to, you know, not kill the king. He was trying to say, hey, look, I'm going to cut off your robe while you're going to the toilet. Have a look at this thing. I've got it. I could have killed you, but I didn't. But then still, he just still kept believing these lies after lies after lies after lies. Just as the band comes. You know, these are lies that start the whole process in the first place of us losing our identity. The way that we're thinking, the lies we believe is the place where we start to lose who I actually am. And this morning, church, I want to ask you, what lies are you believing? (laughs) What lies are you believing? We all believe lies. I believe lies all the time, but it's so important that I actually think about what I'm thinking about. In education, it's called metacognition. Thinking about thinking. You know, if the lie never took hold, we would never get to the place of losing our identity in the first place. The lies 
make us forget who we really are. And our identity begins to get placed on or in things that it was never meant to be in in the first place. And these lies continue day after day after day after day after day. And I know everyone in this room believes lies because we're human. I'm not saying that you're a bad person for believing lies. I'm just saying that they're lies and there's truth that actually I believe the Holy Spirit wants to place in those places of the lies that you're believing of who you actually are. That you are amazing. God has created you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He knows you better than you know yourself. You might think that, you know, you just live every day and it's never going to change. I want to tell you the truth that it can. (laughs) I say this to my youth ministry all the time, and I say it here as well at church. The only way a lie can take hold is if we water it first. We're going to think things that aren't true. It's not like the devil's going to stop trying to fire these, ar- these darts at us. He's going to continue day after day, moment after moment, to fire these lies at us that we're believing. He's never going to stop. I just want to let you know that. Ever will he stop trying to speak to who you are. Because when he gets into that, he wins. He doesn't, he just, this is, this is what I was thinking about this last night, that, you know, the, the devil can literally come in, make us believe a lie. From that moment, he starts to win. And he doesn't have to really try much anymore because you're not actually who you've created to, to be. You're not believing who you actually are anymore because you're starting to believe a lie. And then it goes more and more and more and more and more until we get to this place of, well, who am I? I love this one. I should get this one tattooed. I say it so much right here. <laughs> Make me cool. If God wouldn't say it, don't believe it. <laughs> if God wouldn't say it, don't believe it. When you start believing a lie, say it out loud and see how silly it sounds. They sound dumb when we say them out loud. They really do. <laughs> They sound really stupid when we say these things out loud, but we say in our heads a hundred times a day and we think that it's okay. If God wouldn't say the thing, don't believe it. I'm not saying that you're not going through something that sucks and it hurts and it's painful. Yeah, we all are. Everyone's going through stuff in life and there's things that happen and there's things that come up and it sucks. God never promised life was going to be amazing. He never promised, he did. He never promised life was going to be pain-free. He never promised there wasn't going to be things that come in place. You know, actually, he said, you know, go and be my witnesses. That actually meant go and be my martyrs. (laughs) That's what he actually said, go and be my martyr. But what I am saying is that when we're in these places, the lies that we're believing aren't true. Yes, we're going through stuff. Yes, we need comfort. Yes, we need healing. Yes, we need to get through this stuff. But the lies you're believing are not true. If God wouldn't say it, don't believe it. You know, and this sounds super old school Pentecostal, okay? I just want to just throw that out before I say this. It's actually biblical, but Jesus said it, so I think it's okay for me to say it. But multiple, 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 multiple times a day, I say this to myself. Actually, I say this to the devil. I say, get behind me, Satan. I'm not believing that lie. 
so many times a day because he fires lies about your kids. He fires lies about your future. He fires lies about what you're actually trying to do right now. He fires lies about who you are. He fires lies about your image. He fires lies about um, anything in life. He's just going to fire lies, lies every single day. And I have to catch myself time and time again to say, get behind me, Satan. I'm not believing that lie because I'm not letting that lie stop me from believing who I actually am. I'm not letting that lie take me out from seeing, come on. (laughs) I'm not believing this lie. Because if I believe them, this generation isn't going to get to know Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) If you believe it, the people that you're meant to reach, you're not going to be able to. We need to understand who we are. You're loved, says it in John. You're his. You're worthy. You have purpose. You're no longer in darkness. You're the light of this world. You're a city on a hill. You've been called. You've been chosen. You're a saint, servant, a steward, a soldier. You're a witness and a worker. Through Jesus, you're victorious. You have a glorious future. This is all out of the Bible. You're a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador for his son. That's who you are. That's actually who you really are. And this morning, I just want to finish. We're going to finish a little early, which is cool. We can go out and eat some sausages. But what I want to do this morning, I just want to sing this song. And there's a a bridge in this song. So, you know, I'm not going to let the darkness beat me down. I'm not going to let the, the stuff that comes up in life take me out. I'm not going to let the lies any longer stop me from being who I'm actually called to be. Church, God loves you so much. He loves you so much. Yeah, we go through stuff, but it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. (laughs) Yes, stuff happens, and we might fail, and we might make mistakes, but you're forgiven, (laughs) and he has grace. (laughs) Why don't we stand to our feet? before I cry any longer. I just want us to sing this song today. And I just pray right now. Can you just pray with me? Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray. You just start to speak to us. God, you just start to identify the lies, the victim mentalities, the comparisons, Lord God, that we are believing. Holy Spirit, right now, pray. You can just place your finger on one. In this song, I just say, get behind. (laughs) Get behind, Satan. I'm not going to believe that any longer. Because it's not true. 
I'm not going to let a lie or a comparison or a victim mentality stop me from being who I actually am. That we are children of the living God who has created us to be on this earth to live an amazing, victorious, hopeful, faith-filled, loving life that goes into the world and shows your love, God. Come on, let's sing it out this morning. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.